0: Okay, I got someone from Indianapolis on the phone. Her name is Amy Gestellum. What's happening? And there's actually someone else on the line too.
1: Oh yeah, she just woke up from her morning nap. This is my daughter. Can you say hi, Bob?
0: So Amy and Bobby have a question about this very peculiar plant.
1: Yeah, you know, a couple years ago, my sister and I went on a vacation together, just the two of us, to Costa Rica. And so we would have our fruit drinks and just walk around exploring. And one of the things we found was... This incredible feathery plant that when you touch it, it folds up on itself. Like the leaves fold in, kind of like a book closing. So my husband um, spent some time growing up in Singapore, and he knew the plant and had shown it to me before. And I was like, I think this is those touch-me-not plants. So... We started touching.
0: <laughs> how can you how can you not touch the touch me not plant?
1: How could you resist?
0: I've looked up video of these things and you touch the leaf and it all kind of shrinks away, it shrivels away. It's almost like watching dominoes kind of collapse on each other. It's 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 kind of crazy. And it makes sense why Amy in particular would be kind of curious about these things.
1: Like I'm a nurse and so, you know, there's a reason that things happen. It's actually not magic, you know. <laughs>
0: I don't know. I guess it's
1: that part of my mind is kind of like, how does this plant no, to close up when I touch its little leaves. Maybe they are magic. Maybe they're like a unicorn. <laughs> they want to be different. Um, I don't know. Maybe they're shy little plants. Maybe they're introverted plants.
0: Okay, Amy, well, I'm going to try and get to the bottom of this for you, okay?
1: Thanks. And when will I find out? When will you tell me?
0: Um, I, 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 I haven't found anyone yet. Really? I'm Andrew Norton, and this is the Completely Optional Knowledge Podcast, brought to you by Greenpeace. Ask. Inquire. Seek the truth. The show where we take questions that make you go, huh? And we try and make you be like, oh. Okay, so I did end up finding someone, and she knows these touch-me-not plants really well. Monica Galliano works at the University of Western Australia studying evolutionary ecology, so how plants change and gather information in order to survive. She also has a background in studying animals, and that'll play into things a little bit later, but she's done lots of research involving this touch-me-not plant. Being a scientist, though, she calls it something much fancier.
2: The mimosa pudica, that's the sort of proper official Latin name. The common name is uh, sensitive plant because it seems to have a sensitivity to touch and I guess we assumed for a long time the plants did not behave or uh, do anything in that, for that matter. Yeah, I so, still assumed
0: that until I saw this video. <laughs>
2: okay, so we're here to change your mind.
0: <laughs> so change my mind. The, the whole thing with this plant is that you touch it and the leaves kind of shrink in, it reacts. Like you said, it makes it seem like it's shy or it's sensitive. W- what exactly is, is going on there?
2: It's responding to touch or to disturbances. They don't need to be physical touches either. They can be just like vibrations or other kind of disturbances. And and the plant is responding uh, to this external signal uh, by closing the leaves. And if the situation looks really bad from the plant perspective, it even droops the entire branch. And in fact, uh, when it does that, it looks like it's plain dead.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's it's curled up into the fetal position to see leave me alone. Exactly. (laughs) The way it moves, it almost looks like it has muscles or has a central nervous system.
2: These open a totally different question in terms of like, uh, do we really need to have muscles, neurons, brains to do certain things? Different things can be achieved in different ways. And in this case, for example, the closest that I could explain it would be like, imagine if you had a pipe, a flexible pipe full of water. When it's full of water, it can stand up. So Mimosa is doing a similar thing. Water is being moved and that's how it can allow for closure, drooping and all of that kind of stuff.
0: Right. Okay. Okay, so it's not unheard of for animals to play dead to avoid predators. I've never heard of this in plants. Like when I go to harvest my lettuce, it doesn't turn brown in an attempt to not get picked, right? <laughs>
2: No, but it's doing other things that you might not be aware of, but the rest of the plants would be aware of. But in this case, for example, of you approaching in the garden, <laughs> that would probably involve like some chemical signaling as well. So when you actually break the leaves of a plant, there will be chemical released and the other plants, they will receive those signals and they will know, Ooh, something is happening that is not quite right. And they will put up their own defenses. So plants are just moving and doing... The- their own things just at a different scale, either way too fast or way too slow for our eyes to catch it.
0: This was starting to trip me out a little bit and it got me wondering, I mean, plants seem a lot smarter than I thought they were going into this conversation. So I was curious if plants can actually learn behavior like animals can. So Monica told me about this study she had published using the touch-me-not plants. Remember, she calls them mimosas. The experiment, uh, it basically starts with her dropping the plant.
2: Yep, I did. And it's not a major drop. It was just enough to startle the plant. So the first time you do that, the plant closes the leaves and droops. And that's the perfect response.
0: Right, it's it's like your first time on a roller coaster.
2: Exactly, you're getting dropped, you don't know what it is. Better safe than sorry, basically. (laughs) But you do that again, And in my setup, according to what we do with animals, you do, like, multiple drops consecutively, and uh, and those are called trains. But the the issue with the mimosa was that before I even got to the end of the first train, the mimosa was starting already to reopen the leaves, which was showing me the plant knew that the event was of no consequence. (laughs) Basically, like, yeah, it looks annoying and it looks bad, but actually... I don't really care. So
0: we kind of, t- to use a metaphor, he realized it was on the roller coaster. It wasn't dying. Exactly. Right? Basically. She even repeated the experiment 28 days later and the plants reacted the same way to the drop. It was like they could remember. And compare that to the long-term memory and really smart things like, say... Bees, you know, their memory is only about 48 hours, according to Monica. Uh,
2: at this stage, I can't quite explain all I've done. I mean, it needs to go through the peer review process before we are claiming anything. But I can tell you that there are some very common plants that I've used recently, and they are sort of putting to shame the mimosa in a way <laughs> for how good and incredible they are at doing tasks that we assume are just for animals to. To be proficient at
0: like getting the newspaper right
2: well i haven't tried that one but who knows my <laughs> dog is refusing to learn that so right. maybe i'll have to use a plant <laughs>
1: dude that's, that's legit insane when you first said something about like oh plants can learn like the scientist part of my brain was like, Andrew, learn is different from evolve. You know, like I was thinking like, you don't, you're not using the right word or whatever. And then she said this experiment that she did. And I'm like, what? What I expected to hear was about like the mechanics of how it closes and stuff. So I was like really interested to see how that works. But what I'm coming away with is way deeper than that. Way deeper than that. Like life altering you know, spirituality-changing feelings. Wow. Probably now when I see one, I'll think of Monica and think of roller coasters and think of memories and all kinds of things.
0: You're going to trip out, basically.
1: I'm going to touch as many as I can. I'll probably tickle some with some feathers. I'll probably blow on some. (laughs) I'll probably, yeah, you know, like I might sing to some, hum. If I hum really loud.
0: The Completely Optional Knowledge Podcast is produced by me, Andrew Norton, and it's presented by Greenpeace. Our theme music was created by Breakmaster Cylinder. Head over to completelyoptionalknowledge.org to hear more episodes, to subscribe, and to, of course, ask your own question because we need your weird questions to keep this thing going. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back in two weeks with more completely optional knowledge.